Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Turn up your volume. This is Unfuck Nation. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to this week's episode of Unfuck Nation. I am your host, Gary John Bishop. Thank you for joining us this week. I have a great show for you this week because, you know, usually what I'm doing between shows is, you know, I'm doing a bit of reading, I'm doing a bit of writing, I'm talking to some people, I'm living my life, and I'm thinking which is a big part of what I do. Like, I have to think about things. And what does it take to think about things? Well, you know, it's not just letting random thoughts pass through your head. You know, you have to dwell and think. And somebody actually taught me how to do this. And I'm not kidding. Like, somebody somebody taught me how to think. And it's not as easy as you, th- as you might imagine. I was going to say as you think, but it's not as easy as you might imagine. Because to truly think about something is to let yourself sit with it without the need or desire to come to a conclusion or an answer about it immediately. It's to allow yourself to kind of be with something and let it percolate. And it's challenging because your brain, my brain, our brains, we're looking to bring things to a conclusion. We're looking to bring things to a stopping point. Like, okay, well, that's the answer. Or I agree with that or I disagree with that, or that's right, and on and on and on. One of the things that I've been pondering for quite a bit, actually, it's not even just this week, has been the notion of change, right? Like, what is change for a human being? And why change? And when change? And what's the impact of change? And what's real change and what's not? And what drives change? And I guess I'll be hanging out with this topic for quite a bit to come. But anyway, what I wanted to talk to you about this week was the kind of nature of change and the kind of change you will face in your life. And for some of you, you might be in the middle of that right now. So there's two kinds of change. One is a created change. So that is something in your life where you're saying, you know what? I think it's time for me to do something different here. You know, it might be a feeling you have. It may be just a kind of general or growing sense of something that's been happening. And you're looking at like, nobody's making you do anything, but you're thinking, yeah, this requires change from me. So I'm going to call that a created change that you 
create change in your life. When you create change in your life, it takes you down a certain pathway. And it's a certain pathway of thinking to begin with, by the way. But then there's another kind of change. It's not a created change, but rather a forced change. So maybe a situation happened, a circumstance arose, and you have no alternative but to change something. So it's not created, but in fact, forced. And in fact, like forced upon you, thrust upon you. Right? You're, you're left with no alternative but to change. Change yourself, something about yourself, something about your life, and on and on. But forced change will kind of move you down a pathway of very different thinking than created change. And I'm going to distinguish the two of them so that, because look, it's important to me that you, and I really mean this like right at you right now where you are listening to this, whatever the fuck you're doing, right? Whether you're sitting in the house, whether you're on the subway, you're driving your car, hanging out, whether you're listening to this alone, or you're listening to this with another person or persons. For anybody listening to this right now, I'm aiming this right at you. When you're coming from a place where change has been quote-unquote forced upon you, thrust upon you, very often people will make themselves a victim to that, right? I had no say in this, and I never wanted that. I wanted something else. Right, I get it. Remember, but that's a place where you could dwell in this from, or you could dwell in it from another spot that would allow you to let go of that. But anyway, we'll stick to this notion of forced change. When people get put in a spot of forced change, their immediate train of thinking is to solve the problem. It's a very reactionary spot to find yourself in. The nature of whatever you come up with is usually some form of safety or ease. So you'll do the easiest and or safest thing in light of this forced change. You'll hunker down and come up with an answer. Now, if you look back in your life when you've had forced change, I'm telling you, if you just look at this through a clear lens, you'll see that you were in a mode of reaction. You're in a mode of reaction. You are not in a mode of creation. You weren't creating what you were now going to do. You were reacting to what had happened and coming up with what you thought would be a reasonable or doable solution. Okay, nothing wrong with that. That's fine. But what I want you to get is that whatever change in your life you're in the midst of or that you see in the not-too-distant or distant future, whether it's forced, so you might have got fired or dumped, any one of a number of things, or created, you know, you're having a moment of reflection between your Netflix binges and you're thinking, you know what, this has run its course. I think it's time for me to really head off in a new direction. You're maybe going to end the relationship. You're maybe going to start a business. You're maybe going to pick up some new passion, like, you know, I know art or music or something. Or you're maybe going to dabble in something new and take your life in a new direction. That's all created. 
But like I said, if you are dumb, you'll go into a space of reaction. Or if you were, you know, evicted. Or if you were, if you lost your job, you will go into a space of reaction. And I want you to know that you can create in that space too. And in fact, it's often the best time to create your future because you have no alternative but to step into it. You see, when you have a force change, that's when I invite people to really take on, this could be your shot at the life of your dreams. Whatever that might be for you, you know, it might be a geographical life for your dreams. You know, you're going to move to, I don't know, fucking Fiji or something. Or New York City. Or Hollywood. Or Albuquerque. Or whatever it might be, it doesn't matter. I want you to understand that even forced change is a prime time for you to create and step into your future. How do I do such a thing? Well, when I'm in that space of being forced, I must notice the draw, the gravitational pull for me to do the reactionary thing, to solve the press of this change that's being forced upon me, to take away the stress, the vulnerability, the sense of loss, that whatever to get myself into my little personal bunker. And you could do that. I'm not saying, you know, you can't do that. I'm saying you could do that. But at the same time, I think you're, you're letting go of a brilliant opportunity. A brilliant opportunity, by the way, for you to take on this mode of creation like you've created this change. So that is, you can adopt a situation like yeah, this is mine. I'm not going to relate to this like I need to recover from something or get over something or la, 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 la. I'm going to relate to this like it's a Grand Canyon-sized fucking opening in my life and that I can do anything with that that I want, which brings me to the next part of this. Because when people are creating a future, they're way more fascinated with how they're going to do it rather than committing to what they're going to do. And in fact, they use the how they're going to do it as part of the process of thinking when deciding what to do, which is a mistake. How you're going to do it is what you must dive into after you've committed to doing it. The how takes a different kind of thinking, a different kind of brain power. And if you get that involved in the initial choosing of direction, you'll be all over the place. And I'm telling you this, not only in my experience, but in the way I've coached people, some of the most successful outcomes in all my coaching career has been with people who just said, you know what, this is what I'm doing. I've no idea how the fuck I'm going to do it or how it can be done. And that's now the game. That's now the game. What people tend to do is go, well, I don't think I can afford that. Or I don't see how that's possible for somebody like me. Or I don't see how somebody like me who's outside the box of that thing can really fit into it. I don't know. Yeah, well, it's too much, too far, too soon, too whatever. Let me just throw that on the back burner and do this other thing in the meantime as life is running past you at a rate of knots. You always have the possibility to create what's next in your life. 
You don't have to wait for it to be forced upon you. You don't have to wait for the feeling to arise. When I say you're the architect or the artist or whatever, you get to create that at any time. And yeah, that includes when you're in the aftermath of having something or some change forced upon you, or as I've said earlier, thrust upon you, you can create. And how you create, like I said, is you keep noticing the desire to fix, to get yourself out of this, you know, kind of shitty experience after you've had something thrust upon you like this. Keep setting that aside, noticing it, setting that aside. Notice how that wants to take over. Notice how that wants to fix the problem. And it's not about fixing the problem when you're creating your future. Fixing the problem is a reaction to the past or the present. Creating your future transcends all of that bullshit. Your future doesn't care where you are. Your future doesn't fucking care where you've been. Your future doesn't even care how you're going to get it done. All it does is sit out there and wave at you and invite you in. And you're either going to walk towards that fucking future or not. And the choice is yours every day. And some of you are listening to this right now. And those things that you've had in mind are there when I'm talking. That shit isn't going anywhere. That future that you know is there for you like a little shining diamond, yet you're holding on to it and keeping it in the fucking dark. It's not going anywhere, but you are running out of time to make it a reality. And I don't care whether you're fucking 20 or 60. You're running out of time to make that real for yourself. You know, they say life is short, and I think they're fucking right. I think they're right. I think it's short, and I think you and I and whoever else is out there that's interested in living some kind of life of potential or possibility, it's even more obvious. We cannot spend our whole lives in the train station dreaming about where the train goes as each train comes and goes. And we wait, and we watch, and we wave as it departs the station. And then we wait for the next one to come along the next feeling, the next window of opportunity. So I'm inviting you to start taking your fucking life on from that perspective. Tech talk. Game on. All right, we're going to take a little break here. When we come back from this break, we'll have our question from the nation. I got a couple of fucking great questions that I had in front of me this morning. And as you know, you know, I don't get through anybody's questions and start, you know, breaking it down and all that shit. I kind of read the question, get a sense of it. And then, you know, I pick which one I'm going to go with on the show. Then I read it out and then I break it down, right? I do it all live. There's no, you know, I give you what I've got in the fucking moment. So there were a couple that landed on my desk this morning that were really, just really good. I will also add, by the way, just as a little highlight of news, I did an interview last week in California with Lewis Howes and his School of Greatness. He was really a brilliant human being. Like, he was brilliant. He was great to be with. And you can count those people on one fucking hand, in my view, you know, when you're actually with someone and they're just great to be with. And he was just great to be with. And then I also did this other piece out there when I was in California. I did an interview with this Really fantastic website called uh, Mr. Feel Good. You should go check it out. 
it's very artistic, but it's dense. There's like so much, so many great articles in it and really interesting people and interesting perspectives and, um, and great imagery too. Like, and the guy who interviewed me there is a guy called John Pearson, who is a fascinating character, by the way. You, you should go look John up. John Pearson, he's not only had a brilliant career, but, uh, but the man has the heart, a heart the size of, you know, a decent island somewhere. Like, this is one big-hearted human being. So uh, you should go check John Pearson out, and you should check out Mr. Feelgood. But anyway, we're going to take this break. When I come back from the break, we're going to take a question from the nation. When we get into our question from the nation, you know, as you know, if you want to have your question or a subject discussed that you feel as if we need to discuss on this show, connect at garyjohnbishop.com, 646-450-3203, 646-450-3203. That's the hotline. You can call me there or you can text me there, or you can go to the website, unfucknation.com. We'll be back in a moment. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Right, all right. Welcome back to the second part of the show. I, I picked this question this week because, I mean, it just applies to so many fucking people, right? So we may as well take a jump in this week. So this week's question comes from Nikki. And it starts with, hello, Gary. My name is Nikki. And I have been a fan for a few months. In these few months, I've read all of your books. I've almost listened to every episode of the podcast and follow you on social media. Thank you for being you. There is no one out there like you sending the messages you send. I love the raw and your face life-changing advice you give. Here is my question. I am 39 years old, a single mom of a teenage girl. I came over from a war-torn country to Australia when I was 10 years old. I grew up poor in Bosnia and grew up mostly poor in Australia. My parents always fought about money, and we never had enough. I remember missing out on a lot of things when I was a kid and teenager because my parents couldn't afford it, and I've been living like that since. I didn't really realize it until recently, until I listened to your books, and that this has now affected the way I've lived my life. But now, I cannot get past it. I try and not let it be in my thoughts all the time, but it is. Everything is about money for me. And when I do have some more money than I usually have, I spend it because I feel like I and my daughter deserve it. I want to have more money. I have a small business doing something that I love. I want to quit my full-time job that is stressful and draining to pursue my business. 
but I'm so scared of not being able to survive, especially being a single mom. What if I can't provide for her? So how do I get over my money issues? I feel like, like I can blabber on more about other things, but I feel like every single thing for me in my life always goes back to money. Thank you again. All right, Nikki. As with every person who submits a question, right, you got to kind of buckle yourself in for this. All right, Nikki. So anyway, here we go. It's not money for you. Like for anybody on this, listening to this right now, if you wrestle with money, you're not wrestling with money. Okay? It's not even about money. This is about you pursuing being somebody different than you are. So what do I mean by that? I'm going to break it down for you. People talk about pursuing goals and all this sort of shit, and they're not pursuing goals. They're pursuing who they would get to be if they fulfilled on it. So if you stop for a moment and think here, like if you had the money you wanted, what way would you get to be that you currently don't get to be? And don't just say happy, all right? Because there's tons of times in your current life Tons of moments and days or weeks or months where you are, quote unquote, happy. Now, there's, there's an experience you're after that you're sure in your mind, if you had money, it would give you that experience. Now, this is why money eventually isn't the answer for most people. In fact, for all people, because that experience that you're after will be there when you first get the money, then it goes away and then you're in a fucking existential crisis and then you spend all the money and go fucking bankrupt so that you can get back to the bottom again so that you can climb the mountain all over again. And in fact, in many ways, that's what you're already doing, Nikki. You know, you're in this cycle of like, oh, I've got a little money. Let me spend that because I deserve it. Okay, well, that's one logic. The other logic is let me spend that so that I can get to the bottom of the hell again. Oh, a little more money? Okay, good. Let me spend that so that I can get to the bottom of the hill again. Therefore, it's not about getting to the top. What you're perpetually doing is reconfirming to yourself at some level that you belong at the bottom of that particular hill. Right Now, obviously, I'm using the word hill, and I'm using these little vignettes here for you to try and understand something. It's not about getting somewhere with you. It's about justifying where you are. People say all the time what they want, Nikki. They say, oh, I want this and I want that and I want this. And I say, well, how much of your life is lining up with that? And they say, well, not a fucking law. And I say, well, there you go then. If it's really about money, then you would just do it. You would manage the 10 bucks or the 50 bucks or the 100 bucks or whatever it is that you've got and manage it in a way so that you're training yourself to be powerful with a thousand or 2,000 or 10,000 or 20,000, like you're training yourself how to be powerful with it. So you haven't intervened with yourself there. But the money thing, when it comes down to it, particularly with you, Nikki, isn't really a money thing. It's about becoming someone that you're never going to become. So it leaves you where you are. Remember, my view, and, and by the way, this is a lot of what I touched upon and stopped doing that shit. Right? Your, your machinery is designed to overcome something, but at the same time, keep proving it. Right? So some of you, you know, your machinery is, I'll never be happy. So then you strive for happiness, but you have to prove that you'll never be happy. I'll never have money, but I'll never be satisfied. So you pursue satisfaction, stroke money, and then you end up dissatisfied, and then you're right again. Right? And over and over and over. 
If you want to cause a breakthrough with money, you have to distinguish and separate what's driving this fucking thing and relate to money just for what it is, right? It's like gathering pebbles. That's it. There's no drama in it. There's no emotion in it. There's no opinion in it. It's just about gathering pebbles. You have to just gather pebbles. All the emotion, all the drama, that's the way you're wired now. Your life is not about money. Your life is about becoming something that you feel hopeless in trying to become, like some image in your head, some view that you should, in fact, be better, different, happier, stronger, more satisfied, more fulfilled, more whatever it is, more at peace. All of those states are available to you now. It's not about money. It never has been about money. Unfortunately, that's where a lot of people end up, though. They end up with, like, money is the answer. I've met an awful lot of really wealthy, depressed people. And I mean an awful lot. Like almost every one of my clients in my coaching career have been what you would call wealthy. They're not fucking coming to me because they're deliriously happy with their lives. They come to me because they're stuck, disillusioned, jaded, uninspired, unmotivated. And I know everybody who doesn't have money is like, well, if I had fucking money, I wouldn't be that way. Yeah, tech talk. Of course you would. You're a human being. You, just like them, you'll make the remarkable ordinary. You're already doing that in your life. You make the remarkable ordinary. The things you have done, what you have managed to do with your life, what you have managed to accomplish, you'll make it ordinary. You'll make it nothing. You shrug your shoulders like there's some other mountain you should be climbing. And if you climb that mountain, then that would all be fucking great. Except even if you do climb that mountain, it's still you. And you'll make that mountain ordinary. And anybody could climb that mountain. It's not that fucking special. And blah, they blah, they blah, blah, blah. So you got to separate the drama that you have about money. Money is not the answer to you. That work you must do on yourself. If you're out to experience yourself as fulfilled, happy, accomplished, satisfied. You can do all of that. None of that's even a fucking problem. Accruing money, like I said, it's like gathering pebbles. Keep picking them up. By the way, another thing I will say, some of the wealthiest people that I've ever met were very hesitant to spend any of that fucking money. It's always the people that don't have money that feel as if they deserve a treat. (laughs) Right? Because you feel as if you've been trudging through the fucking mud And that, you know, there should be some, you know, fucking reward for that. And maybe there should be, but perhaps the reward shouldn't empty your bank account, right? Now, I know that's advice, but you got to think about money in a very logical way because money itself follows a certain logic. There's no fucking, there's no emotion in money. That's people. So you got to separate it as best you can, right? And I'm not going to give you tips here. There's plenty of men and women out there who are way better at fucking managing money than I am. Although even though I do have an ontological kind of perspective on it and what it means for a human being. And you could take the subject of money and replace it with anything. Some of you, you know, you want to become this or become that or whatever it is. You know, people are not pursuing goals. People are pursuing feelings. And once you get that settled for yourself and you take the feeling out of that, the goal not only becomes attainable and completely doable, but you have way more power with your experience 
and your sense of self. You ought to work out what that is for you. Yeah, what is it I am pursuing? How can I tell? Like, if I got there, I would be what way? Right now, what if I was that way right now in my life? Set the money aside for a moment. What if I was that way? What if I, what if I did take my day on from accomplishment? Like, I start with accomplishment. Who I am is accomplished. What way am I moving? What way am I talking? What way am I acting? Or fulfillment, or satisfaction, or happy, or love, or whatever. If start with a way of being. If I'm that way, how does my day look? How do I act in that day? What am I called to be? All right, you guys, that's it for this week. Have a freaking brilliant week. Thank you for being a regular listener of The Nation. If you haven't rated and reviewed the show, I know there's a big demand on you for that, but if you could please write and review this show, that would be fucking magical. And also don't forget to click on that subscribe button wherever you're getting this podcast. All right, you guys, have a great one. See you on the flip side. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365-day returns.